Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sporting events, concerts, all types of shows. My favorite part of the app is the easy checkout process. Just two taps, very convenient, very effortless. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what you have to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Yo, yo, welcome to a new episode of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic, and I am joined today by my pal, my colleague from The Athletic, Sam Amick. Sam, how are you doing today? Yovan, doing great, sir. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, a little bit tired. Just got back from Oklahoma City. Uh, Clippers had a back-to-back San Antonio, Oklahoma City, uh, but getting ready for Christmas Day. And in the spirit of Christmas and the holiday season, you dropped a bomb today, a new story on Kawhi Leonard, Uncle Dennis, the Clippers, the Lakers, that entire dynamic, uh, and kind of advancing a story that you and I worked on over the summer, uh, which I I just want to give that a quick plug uh, because that was named one of the athletics best stories of 2019. Um, so kudos to us, I guess, <laughs> take, uh, <laughs> t- take the victory lap right now. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, you, you dropped a story today on sort of the Lakers side of things and, and, uh, you know, a little bit of how they felt, you know, not, we kind of knew that they had felt they were played by Kawhi, but we, we didn't really know some of the intricacies of that dynamic. Um, sure. you, you know, uncovered, uh, some of the requests that uncle Dennis had reportedly made in talks with Jeannie Buss and Lakers management. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, there's a lot in this story. But the first thing I wanted to clear up from the Clippers side, uh, because you know I see the athletic comments, I, I see stuff on Twitter. And I think from the Lakers side, there was a lot of, well, the Clippers are clearly guilty of this. And, you know, if uh, if the Lake, you know, if he asked the Lakers for this stuff and he asked the Raptors for this stuff and he ends up going to the Clippers. Well, you know, A plus B equals C. The Clippers are guilty. Right. Um, right. But as you wrote, you know, the Clippers, you know, the league investigated the Clippers. And from, you know, to the best of your knowledge, the Clippers were not found guilty of circumventing the free agency rules, um, you know, as things were with, with Dennis and Kawhi and their camp. No, yeah, absolutely. I think we got to be fair. Uh, made that part clear. No evidence was found. Uh, they were informed by the league that. That was the case. Um, I think they are probably not thrilled, and I get it, with the idea that there is a, you know, the way I wrote the kind of where this thing stands now is probably, I think, a little bit different than where they thought they left it with the league, meaning that sense that, uh, you know, there's no evidence found as of this moment, but if anything resurfaced or, you know, or surfaced rather down the road, 
that they would re-look at the situation almost kind of creates this eternal dynamic of, you know, kind of watch your back type thing that I think when they left the investigation, they didn't think that was the case. They thought that they had cooperated in the way they needed to and, and this thing was behind them. Um, I think to a degree they, you know, I think the league just feels right now like they need to not kind of take their foot off the pedal at all when it comes to these types of issues. And so in that regard, um, I think they're making a conscious choice to to kind of just set this type of a tone. Uh, but yeah, no evidence found. Uh, no, you know, my my kind of belief is that they were cooperative. And, uh, and I think certainly there's folks in the front office who are going to take great exception to the idea that, you know, that, that any of these accusations are even coming their way. Um, that's where our jobs get tricky because, you know, it's there's a kill the messenger component to what we do. And, and I do think that for me, I reached a point with this story where it, for me, this chapter in the story, it's about Uncle Dennis and the Lakers more than anybody. Um, and it's about, you know, the league's rules and the way that they try to keep an eye on stuff like this. Uh, it's not even necessarily about the Clippers. It's the fact that it's not just the, the kind of accusations of, of impermissible benefits being asked for, um, which, by the way, to be clear, it's like Dennis is well within his right to ask for those things. It's just not yeah. permissible by NBA rules. And then it, it also speaks to what I wrote about where the league is you know, trying to get the union's help to kind of remind players that you can't have non-certified agents leading negotiations because this is what you get. You get people who, who ask for things that are out, out of bounds. Uh, the agents have skin in the game. I talked to one today who had a pretty prominent free agent last summer who found the story interesting and who was making the point that, you know, I don't ask for those things because I don't want to be decertified. And, yeah. you know, if somebody blows the whistle on me, that's, that's the check and balance of the system. Uh, if you have a relative who has a, you know, somebody like Kawhi, who, um, the kind, you know, the kind of talent he is, then he's going to ask for the kinds of things he did. Uh, and, and the league is trying to get to the bottom of this type of stuff across the league. I mean, they've opened up the anonymous tip line where they're hoping that, you know, if somebody has information they want to share, but they don't want blowback for sharing that information, they can go down that road. Um, so a lot of layers to it, but, but, uh, you know, something I, I decided was a story worth telling. When something like this hits your radar, you know, a topic that's clearly sensitive, there are multiple parties involved, not just, like you said, uncle Dennis and the Lakers were the, the two principals, but you have the Clippers, you have Kawhi, you have the league to an extent, even have the players union, like you just said. Um, how do you approach reporting out a story like this? I mean, I think it's just, this sounds basic, but it's just trying to get to the truth uh, across the board because uh, there's always like multiple versions of, of people's truths, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. find the indisputables in between. Um, yeah, this was one where... I mean, listen, I, you know, I had known about this going as far back as September. Um, we contemplated at the time, like, is this a straight news story that we've learned that there was an investigation that we didn't know about? The awkwardness of it was that it was like that news was pretty old at that point. And so it didn't, it almost felt, you know, like a better idea to learn more. And the truth is at that point, I hadn't learned enough. Um, and, and, you, and then you are obviously looking for different news hooks the Clippers and the Lakers played each other to start the regular season I didn't feel comfortable with what I knew at that time to go with it uh, and honestly within the past 10 days 
and this will sound like an athletic commercial, but our, our company and the founders are very supportive of the value in reporting. And I, I've been traveling a lot. I went from Toronto to Dallas, Milwaukee, and Vegas in the last 10 days and had some key conversations along the way with just people around the league who I think for me, they got the comfort level up from the standpoint of um, really starting to realize how unique and rare this situation was. There was part of me that I'm a sucker for like not, you know, being hyperbolic, not um, trying to be overly dramatic with coverage. Like if these types of requests were standard fare and, and I was going to be the guy who was trying to make something out of nothing, then, you know, I didn't want to write that story. And, and the more people I talked to who have been doing this for a very, very long time at the highest levels who just shook their head and they're like, yeah, I, this is mind blowing stuff. Like this stuff does not get asked for. Uh, even the most prominent free agents. Uh, that was kind of a tipping point for me. So uh, that that brings up an interesting question for me because it, it seems like based on what you wrote and reported, asking for these specific demands, um, you know, and, and stuff outside of the cap is relatively rare. But how rare is it for a team to be investigated for tampering to kind of this extent? Uh, I guess like the the extent that the Clippers were, um, you know, are, do these types of things just happen? And we don't really hear about them or because you know, it felt like this was kind of under wraps for a bit um, and, and didn't really get out. I don't have total clarity on that. Um, just trying to be kind of transparent and honest because, you know, I, I told someone else earlier today, Yovan, that like I can remember instances where there was suspicion um, kind of tied to certain teams. When Mikhail Prokhorov bought the Brooklyn Nets people because of his kind of wealth and the fact that he had this reputation as a bad boy who didn't play by anybody's rules, there's a lot of teams that thought that, like when they went after Dwight Howard to try to get him out of Orlando, that um, they were going to open up other revenue streams through businesses near the arena, things of that nature. And So th- you always hear these kind of urban legends about how this might be part of it. And I, and I remember even poking around during the uh, the Warriors era and, and their dominance and their dynasty because there were teams that, there's again, there wasn't evidence, there wasn't specific things I could cite, but there were other teams that wondered, like, oh, you you know, you better believe with the ties that that ownership group has to Silicon Valley that you know they've managed to open up opportunities for their players that are not uh, available to players elsewhere, and you know that's an unfair advantage. That's the kind of thing that the league is is trying to to not have uh, take place. Now again, nothing ever came out there. Those are just rumors and. Uh, I don't know if there was ever an investigation in, in those types of situations. So uh, I, I really don't know how often these types of uh, you know things happen and we don't hear about them. What was the most interesting part of the story in your view? Because there was a lot, again, to unpack, a lot of different elements to the, the story itself. But what, what did you find the most interesting while you were writing it? Um, good question. I mean, probably the anecdote that honestly was not in the original version and I kind of added in at the end about when Dennis had brought up Magic Johnson's ownership with the Lakers. And essentially like the question of will Magic own part of the team previously, so why can't Kawhi? And that I think kind of like not a thing. I mean that that got a little personal um, because we all know the history between Magic and the Lakers. Forget about the dysfunction of the past couple of years. This guy's still got a statue out in front of Staples. He's revered and the whole world remembers, you know, if you're old enough, kind of 
everybody thinking that magic was on death's door when he contracted HIV. And, and so you have a, a guy who is still beloved, even with, you know, the way the past couple of years have gone. And there was like this apples to oranges comparison regarding ownership. And it, I think it, it, it landed in a, in a like borderline offensive way where it was like, wait a minute, you know, we meaning the Lakers, uh, you know, ended up having him own part of the team because first of all, we still owed him $14 million from a $25 million contract. He had to retire because of HIV. And uh, there was concern at that time that he would be gone within a year. And that, and so the spirit of that was that for the sake of his family's financial future and at least checking that box so they wouldn't have to, to, to have an even tougher time that, um, you know, that's kind of the backstory on magic owning part of the Lakers. That's very different than, you know, the latest hot free agent on the NBA summer saying, Hey, I'm so good. I'd love to have part of your team. It's just a very, very different thing. And at that point he had won five championships for them. Right. So yes. like, you know, yes. that, that, that they had that built in history of winning and, and he had been there for, you know, what, 11, 12 years. So, uh, two totally different situations. Right. Uh, was there anything you left out on the cutting room floor that you can speak on that you, you found interesting? Um, no, I mean, I think in general, listen, I mean, Dennis is a, is a, is an interesting character study and it's like, you, you just, the stories you hear about him, you know, there's a lot of themes that are interesting. Um, and, and I think those were consistent across the board. Um, it, it's also, I think speaks to the, uh, around the league. It's just, there's an interesting dynamic going on right now where I think from owners to GMs to, to coaches, um, I don't know if it's because of, and this is too simplistic of an explanation, but you know, the AAU influence or what it might be, but the impact of relatives around some of these players is getting tr- just more and more tricky for teams to navigate those waters because there's no quicker way to offend the player um, than to not respect the relative. You have a different kind of bond and connection with that person. Um, if you go back to the San Antonio chapter with Kawhi, and I covered that pretty closely, and I remember first hearing about Dennis, and, and I think if the Spurs were being honest and uh, talking about those days, I think they'd probably have to admit that the way that they were dismissive about him during that chapter, ultimately, you know, they paid a price for that because I think they couldn't believe some of the nonsense that, that they thought, you know, was unacceptable that was happening back then. And they thought as long as they, you know, kept their bond with Kawhi, that'd be enough. And I think in the end we saw there wasn't. So, um, you know, this is, this is not new in terms of, um, just kind of the style with which, you know, he's chosen to, to operate that business. And, uh, you know, it's every once in a while, it's going to, it's going to wind up getting out like this. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to our conversation with Sam. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app 
and enter promo code CLIPPERS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code CLIPPERS. Don't forget, that's promo code CLIPPERS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. We know that there's bad blood between the Clippers and Lakers. This is something that has been building for really the better part of this decade ever since basketball reasons led Chris Paul to going to the Clippers instead of the Lakers. Uh, you know, he was a Laker for a few hours, it seemed. Uh, but since then, you know, Battle LA has kind of been a thing. The Clippers have always gotten up for those matchups, even when the Lakers, you know, weren't that good and the Clippers were winning 50 plus games. Uh, they, they really took, you know, those matchups seriously. Um, so now it, it feels like there's, there's been a, a new infusion with once Anthony Davis went to the Lakers and, and then the Clippers got Kawhi and PG, it, it feels like with, with both teams at the top of the West and, and kind of seems like everyone agrees they're the cream of the crop. Uh, you know, it's, it's them in Milwaukee. Um, but where does the Kawhi saga kind of rank in, in terms of the, the, the kind of the center root of the tension between these two teams? Is it number one or, you know, is geography number one or how do you view that? Because it felt like from reading the piece, there still is a lot of resentment on the Lakers side and their ill will or, or you know, just feelings towards Kawhi are really driving the, the Lakers side of the Lakers Clippers rivalry. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think I would almost go with, you know, the kind of a macro on that question, you know, Juan. Like, I don't think Kawhi's number one. I think he's he's part of number one, and number one to me would be. Uh, I, I do continue to hear that that they on the Lakers side they take pretty great exception to, like, the Clippers' choice to um, to to kind of you know the Oppo research type marketing approach that they've taken in the past 18 months uh, with, you know, streetlights versus spotlights, uh, trying to contrast the glitz and the glamour of the Lakers world with, you know, the perception and the image of, of them as the kind of the real down to earth basketball players and the, and the people who didn't forget about the game. And it's not about Hollywood. And, um, you know, I think that's, I think that is, is probably number one. And I think that um, that has a lot to do with, you know, honestly, not to connect dots, that might be a stretch, but just the style that they play with this year. Uh, you do have a lot of guys that, are, that typically have been pretty glitz and glamour who on the Lakers who are kind of getting down in the mud you know, more than ever. You know, Dwight Howard comes to mind, a guy that, that has been, a, you know, accused of being a diva multiple times during his career, and keeping his mouth shut, playing hardball, LeBron's playing, playing both ends of the, the court, things like that. Um, you just have this continuing saga between – Two teams where the fan bases are still wildly uh, different in terms of size. The Lakers still are doing laps around the Clippers on that front. But you have the battle for L.A. where the Clippers are coming on more strong than ever. Steve Ballmer is a force to be reckoned with, not only because of his checkbook, but you know because of his personality and his brain and the fact that he's one of those people that he hires smart, good people, um, and he, he bolsters his staff, and he's coming after – the, the league itself, but the Lakers certainly in town in a way that I think is uncomfortable for them. And, and then you've got offshoots of that. You've got the uh, the arena saga in Inglewood, and you know, shoot the emails that came out last year uh, that were super uncomfortable between you know Jeannie Buss and Steve Ballmer, you know, calling him balls, yes, and uh, and, and the you know, but a property battle where 
you know, that represents a, a major chapter forward for the Clippers. They want their own identity. They don't want to be, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the Staples Center anymore. And that's where it's, uh, I mean, even the physical space that they share, it's like, the, you know, these roommates that just have not wanted to be roommates for a very long time. And uh, because both teams are good right now, and not only good, but elite, uh, it, it, it makes for more compelling storylines for the fans. And it's certainly we have plenty to get into, but I think the people involved are just getting more and more tired of each other as, as we go here. Advancing this story forward, where or what do you think is the next kind of step in the storyline, if anything? Well, I think from the union's perspective, and this is like the somewhat vanilla, you know, league-wide viewpoint for me, is that, um, you know, I, I spoke to the union about this situation and they have, you know, they're with the NBA in terms of, you know, reminding players that, you know, that this whole thing functions better uh, if we follow our rules and we have only certified agents leading negotiations. Because I'll go back to what I said earlier, like, it's, there's nothing illegal about what Dennis asked for. He's a private citizen who, I mean, I could go ask, you know, uh, from the side of the moon from any business owner that I want. Um, that's his prerogative. It's it's the fact that, I mean, for one, you could argue that, that everybody, Lakers, Clippers, Raptors, should not have engaged with Dennis as a lead negotiator, you know, because you know, that's a two-way street. You know, you should only be dealing with the certified agent first and foremost. That doesn't mean you don't respect relatives and have those conversations, but uh, you know, Dennis was was talking all the way to the top, and so that's something that the union is uh, proactively trying to, you know, kind of get straight again. And and I think that is going to change going forward. Beyond that, I just think that um, yeah, I I don't know how to speak to the Clippers thing because I don't think it's it's fair at all to go beyond where the story is today, which is no evidence. Um, you know, and the league, they uh, you know, my understanding is that. They didn't necessarily want to come out and say that uh, that the Clippers have been cleared, but and it's just, but that's just a matter of like you got to be intelligent enough to know how this formula works. Like you can't clear somebody when things can always pop up down the road. Um, so it just kind of is what it is. You know, they they had the spotlight shown on them for a minute. If they're mad about it, I'm just being real here. Like be mad at Dennis. Like it's he's the one who painted outside the lines, and he did that with a bunch of teams and. You know, listen, some of the stuff had been out there, just not the detail and not the, the breadth on the, the, what we had today. But it's the more I, I guess to wrap it up, you know, like the more I kept looking at the story, it's like this is bonkers. Like it's absolutely bonkers uh, how, you know, Kawhi's free agency kind of was handled. And, and we had just scratched the surface in terms of what actually happened back in the summer. It was, it was, it was, it was a great story. Uh, quickly, before we let you go, are you going to be at the Clippers Lakers game on Christmas? I am not. I'm staying on the home front. I've been super travel heavy lately. Uh, all those cities I mentioned earlier. So uh, we, uh, we will be heavily stocked with you and Bill Orham and Brett Dawson. And I think Joe Harden's out there as well. So plenty of athletic presence. I will not be there though. So uh, final two questions quickly. Uh, what are you most intrigued by the Clippers-Lakers matchup on Christmas, assuming LeBron and AD can play? Uh, it seems like from the Clippers side, everyone's going to be healthy. It's going to be the first time all season they have all 15 guys available. Uh, so I, I guess assuming LeBron and AD are playing, what are you most intrigued by and what's your Christmas prediction? Uh, intrigued by 
the Lakers' performance. I'm going to focus on them because I, I just it's kind of like that old saying: when somebody tells you who they are, believe that. Or, yeah, believe them. So Kawhi has made it clear. Like I just I truly believe because he has told us this and shown us this that he doesn't care about regular season games. And so, like I you know if the Clippers got blown out on Christmas Day. I don't really – there's not – that part of my brain that is going to try to draw meaning from that as it relates to the playoffs, like I'm turning that that thing off. Now, the Clippers – or the Lakers, I think, are different. I think that – like Dwight Howard spoke to it two nights ago, um, I think after the Bucks game, it's saying how, like, it's, it, you can't let your ego get in the way. We can't go out and act like we're going to win a championship in December. And that is the right attitude, but I tend to think that, like, those guys are going to probably be a little more in their feelings than the Clippers will be. And so if with that in mind, if they still go out there and, and take the L, uh, you know, I think that could be a, a little subtle blow to the dynamic that, you know, as it currently stands with these two teams and just that idea of like, once we hit April, May, June, which team is actually better. So, um, you know, we've seen, Plenty of Christmas Day games before where we thought it set the narrative one way and then six months later it was different. Um, so, you know, all in all, I'm just going to enjoy a hell of a game between two teams that are, that are super interesting. Well, thank you for your time, Sam. His story today is improper requests, an investigation, and a superstar chase gone sideways. The untold stories from Kawhi Leonard's free agency that left the Lakers fuming. Uh, appreciate it, Sam. You could read that on The Athletic. If you've not subscribed yet, make sure you do so. Uh, but we will talk to you soon. And first time guest, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Yovan. Appreciate it. Happy holidays, brother. You too. Thanks again to Sam for coming on the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Amick. That is Sam underscore A-M-I-C-K. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That is at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to The Athletic yet, we have a 40% off promo code for you. Just go to theathletic.com slash clipcity to help out this podcast, to help me out, and to get premium Clippers coverage that I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, I will be back after Christmas Day on the 26th with my take on how that game played out. At this point, we don't know if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are playing yet. Uh, I think if you're the Clippers, you probably hope they don't play. But at the same time, uh, I think everyone kind of around the country would love to see that matchup. Uh, and from the competitive side, you want to see Kawhi and PG go up against LeBron and AD. So uh, we don't know the status of that as of this recording, but that's kind of the storyline going into the matchup now is, um, you know, who's actually going to play. Uh, and, you know, is anyone is are the Clippers going to be healthy for the first time all season? Are all 15 guys going to be available uh, so that's what I'm most intrigued by outside of the obvious matchups, but um, I will be back Thursday.